Hello, this is Dr. Maya Shitreet, and today we'll be mapping terrain on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important not only because it invites us to stop and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, recommendations, and outcomes. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Dr. Maya Shitreet. Maya Shitreet, MD, is a neurologist, herbalist, urban farmer, and author of The Dirt Cure. She has been featured in The New York Times, The Telegraph, NPR, Sky News, The Dr. Oz Show, and more. Dr. Maya is the founder of the Terrain Institute, where she teaches terrain medicine, earth-based programs for transformational healing. She works and studies with indigenous communities and healers from around the world and is a lifelong student of ethnobotany, plant healing, and the sacred. Dr. Maya, welcome back to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm always thrilled to have a chance to talk to you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So excited to talk about this topic. And terrain, it's actually a favorite word we share and even more so an amazing concept when it comes to health and medicine. Can you help us understand how you define terrain? Well, I think, you know, the idea is basically that there's a couple of ways to think about it. But the main thing is that we're it's, it's the paradigm that everything is connected, right? So we're part of the natural world. The natural world is part of us. Our bodies are made of microbes, plants, wind, water, soil, sunshine, and seeds. And health and healing occur when the terrain within us, our bioterrain, is in alignment with the terrain around us our eco-terrain. And terrain is also something more than just the physical. It's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and ecological. So it's all about being in good relationship with ourselves, with those around us, and with the land we stand on. I love this. It really brings us back to the matrix. I always say the center of the matrix is everything is connected. The left side is we are all unique and the right side is all things matter. And that's essentially what we're speaking to and, and why we connect so well on how we address health. You really focus a lot on the emotional and the spiritual. How do you bring this in with your patients and also the practitioners you train in understanding this? Because I still find, Maya, I'm sure you do too, that people get into the X for Y. They're not thinking, oh, Hashimoto's or lupus, it exists in a terrain. They're thinking, what's the protocol for this, especially in our communities? How do you get people to kind of shift their paradigm around healthcare to include everything? Well, I think that we're understanding more and more that our emotional selves and our spiritual selves 
play a significant role in our physical reality, right? And I mean, one really basic science-based way that we know that is through things like adverse childhood events, right? The ACEs, where in fact, what happens in our bodies um, during childhood trauma, which can be, you know, a divorce or a death or, you know, someone in our family being incarcerated or having an addiction, right? I mean, things that happen to many, many, many people in their childhood, um, any kind of abuse, right, that our our cells are different, our connective tissue changes, our brains change, and this is Mm -hmm. measured and published in many different ways. So just as one example, we know that people who are subjected to early lifetime trauma can be, you know, become addicted to things later in life. And that's actually something Gabor Mate has done a lot of writing about. How are we going to solve the problem only physically when the problem is rooted in something emotional or spiritual? We have to really think about the whole person in those cases. Yeah, absolutely. And as you're saying, there's more and more research that points to this and points to trauma that may even be ancestral carried through because that trauma, those cells, those tissues are implicated before we even come into being. They're handed down. And that's true of environmental factors as well, right? Well, absolutely. And this is goes to the whole idea of epigenetics, where right. it's a really powerful and beautiful concept that explains to us why if our great grandmother was in a famine or, you know, underwent some kind of major trauma, war or anything like that, that we can experience many generations later the effects, it's a not a change to the DNA itself, which is relatively stable, but the labels that are on the DNA that says, start reading here, stop reading here, you know, start at this time. Oh, it's why we go gray at a certain age or menstruate or have menopause at a certain age or, you know, on and on the kinds of anxieties we might have. These, all of these things can be built into our epigenetics. What's kind of the yellow sticky notes that are all along our our DNA. And that is heritable. The very beautiful thing about that, though, is it's also reversible. So Mm -hmm. I think that's really both, I think, just kind of miraculous. And also, it's kind of a very elegant science to say, wow, through our food, through our lifestyle practices, through our willingness to talk about our emotions, through being connected to the natural world through, you know, all of these different kinds of things, some of which might seem very logical and some of which might seem a little more, and I don't ever use the word woo, but a little more quote unquote woo. There are ways to actually change the way our inherited epigenetics are affecting our lives right now and for future generations. Yeah. And what you said is so important, so true, so resonant. And I do want to go a little into the woo because you're a trained neurologist. You have all the science to back up what you do. And yet you also embrace the woo in ways that some other physicians would be fearful of doing why is that? I'm going to just kind of anchor us and call it the woo, but it's that spirit. It's that connection. It's that uh, sense of being part of something larger. If you want to rename it and veer away from woo, please do. But uh, can you talk to us a little bit more about the role of spirit 
in health and health outcomes? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and usually I'll keep this story pretty short, but, you know, the way that I kind of came to some of this was um, even after having done a lot of uh, exploration, training and practice and even teaching on food as medicine and supplements and even herbal medicine, mind body, and applying all those things with my patients, my family, my son, actually, after moving out of a, a mold filled apartment and gutting that, totally cleaning it, coming back to the apartment five months later, my son who had been really affected by the mold had a seizure. And thankfully mm. the only seizure that he has had, and this was almost a decade ago now, but it was in the room where the mold epicenter had been and it had been gutted down to the studs. I just, in that moment where I kind of held my little kid, you know, after having a seizure, I was like, wow, I'm doing everything for him, everything physical that I could do. And I was probably one of the experts in the world at the time on integrative pediatric neurology, really looking at the whole child. And still, I knew in that moment with all my heart that there was something more, that this was something related to his energy body or his his spirit in some way. And I thought, wow, like, I know that I don't know what to do for him, but I am going to learn. And it took me on this journey to Ecuador uh, first, and then to learn with lots of indigenous elders and teachers and shamans to understand what was really going on. And what we start, what I started to really know through this was that we're very new in this idea of trying to keep everything physical and rational, that it's much more common and widespread and ancient. And there's a long lineage in this really since the beginning of time that our bodies are both, we have a physical body, an emotional body, and a spiritual body, and that we have to care for all of them in order to be healthy. And actually in the cultures that I, and the teachers with whom I learned, the physical body is the most downstream. So really, if you are in, you know, out of alignment in bad relations, um, on a spiritual level, it's going to manifest in a physical way. Uh, but you have to get to the spiritual issue. And we think of that as being primitive, but it's actually quite interesting because what I began to see even with my patients is how there is that element. And the people who don't heal, don't heal, don't heal, no matter what, you address everything, that a lot of times there is more the emotional layer and then the spiritual layer. But we just, we have no language for that. We haven't, we haven't been allowed to have a language for that. And so part of what I study pretty incessantly and also teach is how can we create a lexicon to talk about our spiritual bodies uh, because they're just as valid and present as our emotional bodies, which we have some language around, but not very good language. And of course, our physical bodies, which we finally, you know, we can talk about with a lot more ease. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that story, that personal story and that connection, really helping us to come into the depth of the terrain. It is rich, like soil should be, right? It includes all these elements. And as you were telling that story about your son, I was reminded, I'm sure you read the book, The Spirit Catches You and You Fall Down by Anne Fadiman, written, you know, in 1997, I believe. But like just that that lashing of cultures of how two different cultures might think differently about the same symptom or reaction and how there's actually truth in all approaches 
what I'm getting at here is that we're losing opportunities that gathered together become the richness of the terrain for healing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. You know, really what I teach about in my mission in many ways is, you know, science is one language that we can describe the mystery. We can describe the magic of the world. And there are other languages too. And I don't think that science, especially as it's practiced right now, because it can be very, you know, who's funding it? What kind of questions are we allowed to ask? You know, as you said, but even, you know, science in its most wonderful, pure form is only one language. And there are many languages. And what we're learning now is that even with the language of science, there's a lot of overlap to indigenous science, right? The kind of indigenous knowledge and wisdom, which is very technical and actually very profound, and there's quite a body of it, that we're learning with things like quantum physics and systems biology and unified science that more and more we're understanding the fractal universe. We're understanding the ways that we're creating our reality as we go and, you know, that there can be more than one reality at the same time. That's all, you know, the most brilliant scientists in the world are making these kinds of discoveries and publishing them in peer-reviewed journals. And here we are basically describing what indigenous people have known and preserved all along throughout kind of this age of modern science that started a few hundred years ago. So why do we learn and forget? I mean, we look at like Bruce Lipton and understand the biology of belief and how belief impacts the cells and we celebrate it for a moment and then we forget and go back to the X for the Y and this is what the journals say and this is what the evidence does and I'm the smartest in the room as the clinician. Why do we keep forgetting And how do we actually shift that paradigm of thinking and treating? Uh, Well, I don't think it's a forgetting as much. Uh, I I do think there is a remembering that needs to happen, but, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not so much a forgetting. I mean, I think it's sort of like um, intentional, right? That there's sort of been a brainwashing that's happened. Um, And I think what we have to do is reclaim you know, the kind of knowledge that we know in our cells and in our DNA and our epigenetics and really start to reincorporate that. I think that this, um, you know, for for many of us, and, and this doesn't have to do with being a woman or a man, but I think this way of knowing, this this way of knowing employs the feminine in men or women, right? This idea of being receptive and not, you know, conquering, but really receiving and really kind of connecting the dots, this whole very unified, connected way of seeing the world that both men and women have not really been permitted in our societal structure to, or I wouldn't say permitted, but we are very encouraged and pressured and and bullied sometimes into not being able to be successful or be seen as successful if we employ that feminine approach rather than being in that masculine, you know, I know I'm the best, I'm competing, you know, look at me, I'm, you know, I'm doing and and achieving. So there is a way in which this is terrain or terrain medicine or this practice of terrain is a very relational kind of science. And it is very based in science. There's 
a lot of aspects that are incorporated within, but we look at mitochondria, we look at how the microbiome communicates with the mitochondria, how mitochondria each have their own unique personality and how each mitochondria communicates with another mitochondria and how they act under stress where they stop relating and connecting and communicating versus how they might communicate with one another in a healthy, optimally functioning cell. So this is very science-based. And at the same time, it's incorporating a much bigger relational picture that takes us beyond just our physical selves. And it's a really beautiful thing, I think, to think about where do I begin and where do I end? Where is, where is it me and where do I become we? We know we have pounds and pounds of microbes in our bodies that are coordinating with our cells and our immune system. Mm our brain, like, and outside of us, we're also connected. We know that, you know, when trees are cut down, more people get sick and die, right? Mm -hmm. So how are we part of this whole picture? It's a, our health is so relational. Mm, I love that you really brought us back to the relational. It's the relational in the therapeutic relationship. It's the inner relationship that all our parts are interacting, as you talked about the microbes and the mitochondria and understanding how our cells repair internally and how we can't really divide things into ologies. And it's also how we are in relationship with our food, with our environment, with the people we are in contact with, with the air we breathe. It's all, as you said, relational. Dr. Maya, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today and with the world. I love your thinking and it's again, always so much fun to explore with you. Such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much again for having me. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15-Minute Matrix is produced, mixed, and edited by Rowan Bradley with production support from Natalie Merrill and the team at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified by email each week about our podcast releases, go to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Also, please feel free to get in touch with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, and who you'd like to hear next on the podcast. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com.